Welcome to Indie Depth, the show where we go in-depth with indie filmmakers. I'm your host, Andrew Froning, and today on our show we have Wesley Malott, a Philly area filmmaker whose short film Marble Town has over 7,000 views on YouTube. Welcome to the show, Wesley. Uh, thanks for having me. It just just a small correction, it's almost 700,000. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That is amazing. How did... Oh, my chair just dripped down. That's hilarious. <laughs> right off the start, huh? Right off the bat. Right off the bat. I'll set it up, like, first so it doesn't happen for a while. <laughs> yeah, it's getting worse, I guess, for me sitting on it doing these interviews. So, 700,000 views. I mean... Getting up there, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I, mean, I think uh, around, like, 670,000 right now. Okay, so approaching, you know, any day now. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, I've got maybe, like... 400 plus followers on instagram and and all this stuff but you know those are rookie numbers man i gotta pump up those numbers and i feel a lot of other <laughs> filmmakers feel pressure to do so how did you get to where you are um it's mostly been just a lot of time a lot of time spent um uh one pumping out content uh, constantly just putting content out there um, two, doing the appropriate research about the content that I'm planning, um, looking into how audiences are going to receive um, certain topics. Um, three, uh, it's all about kind of, um, at least specifically for short films and stuff, um, doing the research into SEO, like how is your audience going to find that short film? Right. Which is difficult, I feel, a lot. Because it's when I post difficult. a short film, it's like, I've posted it. Uh, who's going to see it? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't <laughs> want to leave it to chance. It's the biggest challenge that we as, you know, um, uh, no names, basically, have to kind of... Um, figure out the solution for right uh, total agreement um mm -hmm. what's um a tip for you i mean i've just started this show and um <laughs> i posted the first videos like twelve thirty last night or something and i yeah. was kind of researching the titles and the descriptions and keywords mm -hmm. that's that's the biggest start right there is uh, understanding <laughs> Uh, thumbnails, descriptions, and your um, your keywords, your tags. Whenever you're trying to build a following on Instagram, YouTube, any of the um, the big uh, social media platforms, um, thumbnails, descriptions, and tags or keywords, at least in terms of YouTube, are key because all of those platforms they want to keep the your audience, uh, people on the platform. They want people to keep browsing through the content. So basically, if uh, the first step is to get people to click on your content, and you do that through your thumbnails. So you got to work and create uh, engaging thumbnails that will make people want to click. The second part, and uh, actually uh, the second and third part kind of go hand in hand, is that um, the descriptions and keywords because you write your descriptions kind of long but you want to make sure that your descriptions kind of match 
what you're putting into your keywords slash tags because those two things kind of feed off each other and that's how the uh, Google and YouTube algorithms start recommending your content through search. Hmm. So if you're if you're writing a bunch of I guess like nonsense in your description and then throwing in stuff like um, for example uh, a channel that doesn't really match your content but is like super popular. Say you're a filmmaking channel but you put PewDiePie in your tags. Well, YouTube's just going to completely disregard that because nothing in your description matches anything about PewDiePie, you know? Okay, so a little so bit of correlation. Sure, exactly. You want to make sure that your description and your uh, tags are relevant to each other. Good tips, good tips. Yeah, and like with anything else, the more you do it, the more you learn, the more you get better, the more you spend exactly. time staying and up awake me, at night trying to figure yeah. it out. And for me, it's still very much a process of uh, trial and error. Like sometimes I'll think I ha I'll have a, a great thumbnail and I'll put the video out and it'll only get like 50 views. So I'm like, okay, well, what can I do to make this more engaging. So I'll start thinking about another thumbnail that I can use and then I'll replace the thumbnail and I'll start uh, promoting it again. And then, you know, it'll exponentially go up. So then I can tell myself, okay, well, I need to, uh, the second thumbnail worked better than the first thumbnail. Why? And I can try to kind of diagnose why, like what, what does, what did the audience why did the audience think uh, thumbnail two was more engaging than thumbnail one? And I'll just try to apply that strategy uh, to my videos going forward. And when it comes to short films, which mm -hmm. are you know notoriously difficult to get outsiders to watch, um, mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of people putting titles, um, mm -hmm. very colorful, in some cases, titles. Um, yep. Uh, what do you do? Um, for that because I mean the most I've ever done is probably find an engaging kind of like an action shot picture or a picture that I think looks exactly good, and maybe a title <laughs> yeah I mean I think that's a great uh, I think that's great advice because like my exact thought process is when I go through a short film to pick a thumbnail I'm like okay what is a what um so we know the movie is about this what what still frame can kind of convey the meaning of the film as well as create intrigue and a sense of like, oh, I should click on that. So I just kind of like browse through the movie after I'm done and uh, just try to think about that when I'm picking a thumbnail. So for instance, our short film Marble Town is about a domestic abuse and it's about a, a relationship of uh, criminals who kind of fall into um, a domestic situation in their new home while they're on the run from the cops. And I thought like the perfect thumbnail to kind of uh, explain the plot and just, you know, an image is the shot in the movie where the, the boyfriend character has the girlfriend character up against the wall with his hands 
on her face. Mm -hmm. And that right there, it conveys the plot about domestic abuse, and it also creates a sense of intrigue. Like, people want to click on the movie and find out, like, what leads up to this point, how does it resolve, etc. Now, these days, do you think thumbnails are more important than a trailer? Yes, because, I mean, you still... With trailers, you still run the same thing. You need to get people to click on your trailer. So you do that with a thumbnail. Right. So these days, you know, you have to say a lot with a lot less. Yep. (laughs) It's tough. It's a really difficult thing. And, you know, there's no right... uh, There's no right strategy. There's no right answer. But all you have to do is kind of just... You know, trial and error. See what works and try to diagnose why. Wesley, I see you're wearing a hat today, but on sets, <laughs> we wear multiple hats. We do. Uh, um, primarily on set, what do you do? So usually, um, so I'm, on my own films, the films that I'm personally directing, uh, I always direct and DP, and then in post, I'm pretty much always editing those projects as well. But I do do a lot of freelance uh, DP work as well for other filmmakers. Okay. That sums up exactly what I do. So (laughs) we're on the same page there. Um, Recently, I have gotten other people to DP things so I can focus more on the storytelling. Mm -hmm. Um, I am very visual, which is, I think, why... I held on to it for so long, and if I am on someone's, someone else's set, I'm shooting. So, right. you know, I'm comfortable with it, you know, I kind of know what I'm doing. Um, but you definitely have to have a good level of trust. You have to speak mm-hmm. the same language. You have to be able to communicate your vision. Um, would you ever consider having someone else shoot for you, or what would it take uh, to get you to that point to find the right person? Uh, absolutely. I would love to get to that point. And it's really about, um, I guess, finding the right person that I feel kind of um, speaks the same language as me. Because there's like all the time, and I'm sure you know this as well, there's small miscommunications that happen throughout the day with everybody. And it's kind of your job as the director to make sure that everybody's on the same page as you as quickly as possible. Because when things when things are miscommunicated, um, issues arise and then problem solving and then more discussions take place to make sure that you're on the same page. And whenever you're on a film set, it's really about trying to get through things as fast as possible because you never have enough time. <laughs> right. And when you're directing you were the one making decisions and they say exactly. a human can only make so many decisions in a day until they're just spent. <laughs> yeah. And then if, like, for instance, right now when I'm directing and DPing, that's one less person I have to communicate my own thoughts to, you know? Right. That's a very good so, point too, because at the same time you're doing more work, but mm-hmm. there's less communication, um, less worry that something isn't going to turn out the way you want. Exactly. Less chance of a communication breakdown. But it's I am actively working towards the point where I can have uh, my own dedicated DP because I think as you kind of um, 
move up and want to get better at this, you kind of realize that whenever you're directing and DPing, your attention is kind of half at one thing and half at the other. Right. But, you know, whenever you want to get better, you want to make sure that your attention is 100% into that one uh, category. Agreed. And um, I hired uh, Malachi Macho, who Mm -hmm. is a friend I met on set. And, you know, he had a great personality. We communicated well, and we... We kind of had similar tastes, you know. We actually met at my apartment. And he points mm-hmm. to this really obscure movie, this old black and white movie. It's like, oh, I love this movie. And I'm like, yeah, I just watched <laughs> that. Is you know, so definitely having um, similar reference points, mm-hmm. having um, similar tastes, and now I have learned as a director that no one else is going to see something, no matter how well you communicate it, exactly the same as you. Right. So as a director, you have to say, I brought this person aboard for what they can do. I'm mm-hmm. going to point them in a direction, a little bit of a little bit of direction and set them loose to do their thing. Right. Um, and it has been freeing in some respects to kind of, you know, lose control um, mm-hmm. for a little bit, you know, so you can focus on the actors, which is my primary focus now, because I felt right. I was oh, the actors do their thing, and I capture it on camera. Like, that was that was the way I approached it. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get a little more hands-on with the, the actors for my TV pilot that I just finished. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I felt that that really helped me in that respect. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the reasons that I want to kind of take a step away from DPing my own projects coming up is that I want to be able to work very hands-on with the actors and kind of make sure that the the performances are 100% kind of the way that I want them. Because when you're, whenever you're directing and DPing, you're, you're so concentrated on making sure the composition is right, making sure that you don't screw up like the camera, and you'll, you'll hear something in the performance that you want to correct but then you kind of let the take play out because, you know, you don't want to screw it up or interrupt them in the process. But then you get to the end of the take and you're like, crap, what was my note? <laughs> There's a lot of stuff to keep track of, for sure. Exactly. For sure. Um, oh, there goes my chair. No. <laughs> I am tall again. All is right with the world. Sort of. <laughs> Not really. No. <laughs> During this pandemic. Um yeah, so what are you working on now um, with all this downtime? Or are you shooting any quarantine comedy challenges? No, I'm not shooting really anything right now. Right now I'm focusing kind of on getting some YouTube content out there related to the last short film that we shot, or the last short film that we released, Kill or Be Killed. We actually shot that two years ago, mm. and it's finally wow. just now coming out. But in terms of... Uh, actively working on a new project. We were working on a kind of like a sci-fi drama, but I was trying to kind of squeeze that in before my wedding, which was supposed to take place pretty soon. (sighs) But because of COVID and everything like that, that project has kind of been indefinitely shelved. 
and I don't exactly know when everything is going to kind of pick back up and return to normal. And we, our channel, we always do this thing, uh, the series at Halloween called Short Scares. So basically now we're kind of approaching the whole situation like, well, I guess the sci-fi drama is probably going to get shelved indefinitely. And by the time this all kind of resolves and goes back to normal, it'll probably be June, July. So why don't we instead start focusing towards our Halloween content and get that out a little sooner than the last couple of years? Because the last couple of years, we've worked on those Halloween projects up until like a couple minutes before it was set to release. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. I, I don't like that. That's such a <laughs> I don't rush. Either. But you want it. You want to get it perfect. You know, you, ha- you exactly. have a deadline. <laughs> With Killer Be Killed, the movie was finished like six months ago and then we submitted it to the film festival so there was no last minute headaches at all posting it to youtube right but with basically every project we've done up until then it was uh you know rendering something out looking through it oh crap there's a render error let's re-render it fix that and it just became a really big headache (laughs) oh i can imagine when it comes to Finishing a project, uh, you said you had shot Kill Would Be Killed, um, which is the video you recently released um, a couple days ago. You shot that two years ago, and you finished editing yep. six months ago. Um, that's a long... It, it was it was close to like a 20-minute short film, so there's a long... 16, yeah. Yeah, there's a long gestation period there. Um, yeah. <laughs> how, how far do you... Um, do you pick it apart? Do you do? Or what's your process for when you finish the first cut? Um, mm-hmm. Do you show it to others? Do you show it to you know just your fiance and say, "Am I horrible?" That's usually what I do. <laughs> I show it to my wife, and I'm like, you know, should I stop? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I um. So basically, once I finish the first cut, what? It really depends on per project how I uh, send stuff out for feedback but Killer Be Killed I got the first cut done and I was looking at it and I was just like this is not good Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I knew that it needed a lot more work but I also wanted to get it out to the people's opinions that I trust and um, I can I can trust on them to give me honest feedback you know a lot of times whenever you ask someone for feedback you don't want to hear great job uh, because yeah. you know that's never the truth. You want people that are going to be like, well, this shot doesn't make any fucking sense whatsoever. Sorry for cursing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I know it's cool, but like, oh, this just, this doesn't fit. This I've been there. Exactly. Um, so you want people that are going to give you that honest feedback and tell you where you're messing up. But a lot of times you kind of know in the back of your head like what's wrong and what you need to fix you just kind of need to hear it from another source to kind of um verify your thoughts a little bit so i spent a long time trying to find the right pacing of the film and that's kind of what took the most time editing is the chase scenes in uh particular were incredibly hard to kind of get the pacing right because Mm. they were just really long 
And so a lot of it was me sending the chase scenes to my music composer since he kind of has a better idea of um, music rhythm. Um, he would send me something to kind of lie underneath the tracks and then I could start kind of really um, trimming the clips and trying to find the correct length for the individual shots. And it was really just a, a, a game of just fine-tuning everything and it took a really long time. And <laughs> kind of going back to what you were saying about picking your stuff apart, it um, I failed a lot on this uh, this short film and I'm actually releasing a video in the coming weeks detailing like five big areas I failed in this short film um, and I think you would find this video um, relatable as well it's it's a lot of things like um, um, sorry let me it, it sounds like a, a very um, brave thing to post. I was recently talking with another filmmaker who says, you know, he was wearing multiple hats and he failed on one thing because it, um, mm -hmm. because of that. And I should have asked what it was, but that wasn't the discussion. Um, <laughs> there were a couple parts in the movie that were just maybe a little too ambitious for our budget levels. But okay. I guess what I was trying to say, and. Like, um, the whole idea of the film is that there's, uh, you know, people kind of in this uh, survival game where they're forced to kill each other, but also there's a bunch of traps and stuff set up throughout the woods that they're, they're kind of against, you know, the traps and they're against the people, too. But the trap portion of the film didn't work at all. We tried to build mm. these props, and they looked silly. <laughs> oh, well... So, it's good that, you know, I commend you for being able to take something out because I know it sounds like you put a lot of work into it. And sometimes yeah. you can really, when you write something and spend all that time shooting it, you know, you, you it's got to be in there, you know. Well, this yep. is how it's always been. But um, it's good that you were able to analyze it or use mm -hmm. your feedback loop to yeah, get... At the beginning of that, you know, I spent a lot of time trying to diagnose, like, how can we make this stuff work? But in the end, it was just like, just get rid of it. That's the best thing for the movie, for sure. the story overall. Yeah, you have to do what's best for the film. Um, mm. I have cut entire scenes and um, scenes and scenes and scenes um, at times. Yeah, and, and it hurts, but you know. It does. <laughs> <laughs> they say kill your darlings, right? You've got to. You've got to, and yep. uh, don't be don't be precious about certain things um i've gone through a lot of notes and a couple mm -hmm. rounds of feedback for the tv pilot that i just finished and mm -hmm. sometimes i would hear the same notes and when taking feedback it can be it can be difficult because you've spent so much time especially if you're editing you spent so much time with this project um it's your baby as they it's, say right? it's your baby and if someone tells you that baby is ugly it's not <laughs> it's not gonna go over well so you know yep. i'll usually need like a day to kind of like sulk and, and analyze you know just shit turn Absolutely. have the hamster go around in in its wheel in my brain and figure out um i'll try every single note 
I'll try every single note. And usually when there is a note, the answer that you're given is something that's like the first thing that comes off the top of someone's head, which mm-hmm. a lot of times is the cliched way to fix something. But I think what you need to take away from that as a filmmaker is that that section isn't working. Right. So the note that is given, the way it was given, maybe the possible offhand fix for it, that might not work. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that the note is not a value because right. something is not working. So, you know, try something else. See if you can get it. See if you can solve the underlying issue where someone says this this part was weird or you should have done this differently. Right. And I get going back to uh, Killer Be Killed taking so long to uh, get through the post production process. On one hand, it sucks that it did take so long because you know I had so many people that were involved in the process constantly, kind of asking for updates, and it's just like, well, we're just not quite there yet. But yeah. at the same time, you know, you feel bad that everyone that worked so hard and put a lot of time and effort into your movie haven't gotten to see it yet. At the same time, I'm thankful that it did take so long because it really allowed me the time to digest the issues and kind of come up with uh, solutions that were for the betterment of the entire story and the uh, made for a better final product. Good. Yeah, definitely. Um, thanks so much for chatting with me, Wes. This is been awesome been fun yeah um, thanks for having me man this is exciting what you're doing yeah similar minds and uh and all <laughs> that <laughs> good stuff yeah i hope we can chat again when um we have other shit to talk about <laughs> yeah that would be awesome dive into style and stuff then too hell yeah all right let's bookmark it <laughs> thanks for being on the show wes so we've got wesley malott he is a filmmaker from the philly that's Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area. And where can we find your stuff, Wesley? So if you search us on YouTube, it is Thinking Art Entertainment on YouTube. We have tons of short films, um, behind-the-scenes content on them short on those short films. And also we have uh, tutorials and gear reviews as well on our YouTube channel. And you can also find us on Instagram, and that is at uh, thinkingartent.com. Uh, thinking art ENT and also on Facebook at thinking art entertainment. They've got some great content, so be sure to check them out and I'll have links in the description. Thanks again for going indie depth.